Hey everyone, and welcome back to Poem Peeps. Verf and I are so excited for this episode today and really about our entire podcast journey. The best part has really been meeting a ton of new people. And today we're both so excited to be welcoming a couple of true medical celebrities to the show. Verf, you ready? Yeah, I think I'm ready. I don't know. I'm a little starstruck right now. So we're very excited to have on the show today, Dr. and Lady Glockenflaken. I'm sure you guys know them from the hilarious videos that they put out. I feel like once these videos were a thing, I started getting them sent from everybody I knew, like inside medicine, outside medicine, just really cracking everyone up. And now I feel like if I need a boost in the hospital, I'm just on YouTube being like, I wonder if there's a video about this service right now. So <laughs> we're very thrilled to have you guys on as guests today. Oh, thanks. Good thanks to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. For sure. And again, I feel like the most recent video was about the residents unionizing. So I think a lot of people can relate to that, but definitely well received. And as yeah. first said, videos are everywhere. But let's not waste any more time and let's formally meet our guest. Yeah, absolutely. For, you know, we'll do our formal intros so everyone has the background. First, we have Will Flannery. Will completed his undergraduate at Texas Tech and his MD at Dartmouth. He did his residency in ophthalmology at University of Iowa and currently is a practicing ophthalmologist at iHealth Northwest in Portland, Oregon. During his education and training, I'm sure not news to anyone, but he was diagnosed with testicular cancer. He had a recurrence. He had a cardiac arrest, for which Kristen is also here and had heroically acted and saved him. It was an unbelievable story. And he, after surviving all this with a real tenacity and a very strong sense of humor, he transformed all of this observations and his hilarity into multiple successful comedic initiatives about medical training that we've been talking about. Well, it's really amazing to have you on the show today. Oh, good to be here. I'm excited about this. You very succinctly described my entire life. That was really good. Yeah, that's right. There's nothing else, right? No other details. Maybe some kids in there. Something. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> other little things, but you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. And yeah, I didn't realize I'm going off script, but I know that you did some training in Texas. Are y'all from Texas or you just yeah. happen to be training there? I grew up in Houston and oh, outside of Houston, small town, Deer Park, Texas. Not as small as Kristen's hometown, though. Actually, you wouldn't call it your hometown. No. Just the place you grew up. I, yes, <laughs> that's right. There, there's a difference. Yeah. No, I grew up in the middle of central Texas, a tiny little town in dairy country, halfway between Dallas and Waco just in the middle okay. of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I'm a Texas native as well. So I'm grew up in oh. San Antonio. We'll, we'll have to take, we'll have to take Furf down there one day so he could see all that we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Where'd you go to college? Did you go to college in, in Texas? Yeah, I went to, well, I went to med school in Galveston and then I did some undergrad at St. Mary's, which was a, in oh, San Antonio, nice. a smaller yeah. school. Yeah. We both went to Texas Tech. So that's where we, that's where we met. met. That's amazing. I went, definitely went to Texas Tech A&M football game and Tech won. So the uh, the post came down. <laughs> yes. Right. Was that in the throwing tortilla days or Probably. was that over by then? No, I think it was over by then. Well, still oh. going on. There's a few, a few renegades. Uh, renegades are still doing it. But... <laughs> Sounds like a cool tradition. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Awesome. Well, what, I do want to do a formal introduction for Kristen for sure. So next we have Kristen Flannery. Uh, we already talked briefly about Kristen's quick thinking and remarkable actions, but of course there's so much more to know about her. She also completed her undergraduate at Texas Tech, which we just talked about, and she also obtained a graduate degree from Dartmouth after training in cognitive neuroscience and social psychology. She's worked as an advocate and educator for survival, survivors of critical illness, as well as for the families and partners of survivors. She co-founded 
Glockenflecken with Will and has received multiple awards for her work in resuscitation science, including the AHA 2022 Resuscitation Champion Award. Kristen, it's a true honor to have you on the show today. Welcome to Poem Peeps. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. I've never won any awards for making silly TikTok videos. It's so just true. I think I think you you beat me there and and your yep. award winning side of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's the face behind things, but I'm really the brains. Right, 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 right. The pu- puppet master as we're doing everything. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I don't think we're going to do much medical advice this episode, but as our disclaimer, this podcast is not for medical advice. If you're taking our advice on medicine from this episode, then be careful. <laughs> Just to throw it out there. I can try. I can try. I can try giving some advice about pulmonology. I don't know if you want it from an ophthalmologist. Right, right. Yeah. ophthalmology. Yeah. Not, not <laughs> Take the their contacts out. That's what I know about it. Yeah, right. Exactly. I sometimes forget that one myself, unfortunately. <laughs> Awesome. Well, to get us started off with our first question, I do have a question that I know I have and many have had for a long time. Will, we're hoping you could tell us the story behind the name Glockenflecken. Oh, it's it's fascinating. It's it's actually a thing in ophthalmology. In patients with angle closure glaucoma, they have an exam finding that are called Glockenflecken. They're like little these little deposits that you get in the eye hilarious right yeah it's, it's exactly what you'd expect no it's but it's it really is a real thing and unfortunately for whoever it was that actually discovered and named glockenflecken now whenever you google glockenflecken i come up more than the thing that's been around for like hundreds of years it but he did it misspell it which i feel like is really fitting yeah, we don't like to tell people that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we're. I'm just embarrassed that, I guess, we probably learned about it in med school, but it certainly shows you how much I know about ophthalmology that I didn't know it was based right. on. Right, exactly. And well, I have you know, p- people like call the office asking to make an appointment with Dr. Glockenflecken. And so <laughs> yeah. people think it's my real name. And I don't know. It's caused a good amount of confusion, but I guess it's unique enough that it works. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I always hear it said in the voice from the scientist from The Simpsons. I don't know if you guys watch a lot of oh, series, Dr. But yeah. Dr. Fink? Is that what yeah, yeah. I, that's how I hear it in my head. <laughs> it works, yeah. Your videos are all absolutely hilarious. Every time there's a new one, I get excited to watch them. Stay pretty much up to date on it. I'm sure they must take a lot of development and time, though. So I'm sure there's a lot behind the scenes, as you alluded to, Kristen. Kristen, I'm curious about how many outtakes and failed attempts you're witness to for every one successful video that comes out. <laughs> well, he comes into this room and just shuts the door and was <laughs> a mad scientist in here. When he comes out, there's clothing strewn everywhere, <laughs> costumes, different props. Somebody has to actually be like a responsible adult while this is going on because we, right. we do have children and a dog and a house and all the things. <laughs> and so I, believe it or not, I'm not watching him filming i'm taking care of everything else but i do if i'll pass by the room i do sometimes hear him saying things just over and over. he'll start to say a line and be like ah, and then, <laughs> and then redo it i am a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to re- yeah he's not very myself. pleasant to be around <laughs> during those times you gotta wait till he's happy with it then right so the final product yeah, yeah. It's all, well, I, gotta, I gotta get the tone right. I gotta get the inflection. The comedy is all about timing. And that's yeah. what I tell myself, at least. Right. <laughs> right. right. I'll feel better. 
I can only imagine. Yeah, I just had my first son. He's four months old. He's in the other room right now. And so I can imagine you have the harder job during this while the videos are being made, certainly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, you're also a co-star of some of many of the videos is the Friendly Neighborhood ob Guide. Besides that character, which is hilarious, do you have any of the favorite characters from the videos that you are partial to? Yeah, I really like ortho he's really grown on me i didn't think much of it at first he was just another character but i feel like he's really taken on a personality and he's like the puppy dog of the situation like he's always got a good heart right he's got a really good heart and he's always wanting to help people or to have people be happy but he's also like really competent at his job and intelligent Yeah. yeah he's grown on me over the years I feel like that's my journey with real ortho. It's like when I was like a intern, I was like, oh, ortho's job. And now I'm like, yeah, they did their thing. Let us do our thing. (laughs) Once you get over that hurdle of, okay, they're going to be good at the bones, but then nothing else. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's why I feel like I'm pretty good about writing for ortho. Because it's like ortho. It even almost sounds the same. We have nothing alike. There are no bones inside the eye, as far as I know. (laughs) But we really don't, we don't cross paths at all. But from a, like a personality from a yeah, eyeballs and nothing else. And they know bones. Yeah, and exactly. Else. So, so it, you got that in works. common. It yeah. Works. I can relate yeah. to the ortho yeah. mindset. You've captured the essence of it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like ortho is getting a lot of love, but I feel like there's so many other characters too. I don't want to forget about the unicorn and pediatrics, mm-hmm. emergency medicine with the cyclist hat, Pat so many others. The, the pathologist. Time. Yeah. yeah, I upgraded recently from a cardboard, um, cardboard microscope that I made using like toilet paper rolls. Yeah, and uh, a cereal box to an actual, <laughs> to an actual microscope that we've that was in your family for a long time. <laughs> does it work? Is it a? Does it work? Yeah, it's nice. work. a it's real work fancy, but yeah, it it's works. nothing, nothing, yeah. We used Maybe. it like when we were a kid. I think it used to belong to my grandfather. And we used it to look at like pond water and stuff like it's that. It's like really old. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like a 50 year old stethoscope. It's pretty old. Stethoscope. Stethoscope. Microscope. Microscope. <laughs> I don't even know what the, yeah, yeah. Scope, what the equipment scope, scope. is anymore. I, I have an ophthalmoscope. I don't usually say those other words. <laughs> Not important. Yeah, I know. I guess speaking for myself and Dave, we definitely love the ICU videos, especially during the COVID pandemic, because that's what we could both relate to being pulmonary critical care physicians. But we did want to point out that we haven't really seen a pulmonologist character. So Will, putting you on the spot, what a pulmonologist character, what would he or she be like? That's a good question. I don't know. Like I've floated the idea of, I've done some videos with a critical care physician, but I know that's different from pulmonology, although there's certainly quite a bit of overlap in the scope of your job, right? So do I separate those out? Is there, I don't know a lot about pulmonology. We're going to do some market research here. Help me flesh out a pulmonology (laughs) character. What do you guys like? Because I haven't spent a lot of time with a pulmonologist. We like talking about the physiology that could influence a problem without (laughs) actually giving you an answer after 20 or 30 minutes. Well, it could be hypoxic for these 25 reasons. So it's probably a mixture of all of this. A very classic internal medicine type. Of yeah, exactly. Medicine. Right. Maybe it's already captured by the internal medicine journey. <laughs> but I do, need, I, do need, I need to do a little bit more with the with critical care. So I feel like maybe I could incorporate some more pulmonology type stuff in the critical care setting. And so that's a direction I could go with it. 
Yeah. If you ever need a, if you ever need a pre-screeners, then we volunteer. We'll be right. <laughs> no, well, I will say the one thing I've been wanting to get into a video for quite some time is just, and I just don't know how to do it yet, is the fact that you put patients in a giant glass box and you make them do various breathing exercises. Yeah. It's a very I, strange thing. These are pulmonary function tests, mm, right? That's what yeah, you're doing? Yeah. 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 Have you ever done a pulmonary function test? I have. I did oh, it. They're work. hard. I like compare. It's like you have to keep going. And then everyone's like, that was really good. And we do them like every visit for no reason. It's really difficult. <laughs> oh, maybe I could turn our shower into, oh. <laughs> into a <laughs> PFT like box. Just... Yeah. Oh, that's. Oh, Kristen, you're welcome. Like that that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, already, we're getting, we're fleshing this out. This is good. There's yeah. not a corner of my home that is private anymore. So. <laughs> Can imagine. Well, we touched on it a little bit, but turning to your personal story, which is pretty remarkable. Well, your medical journey is incredible. It sounds like it's been pretty harrowing at times, but obviously you've come through it with quite a sense of humor and perspective. I'm just wondering about how your multiple experiences as a patient changed your view of medicine and influenced your comedy and your path forward. Well, it has it it has radicalized me a bit, especially dealing with the health insurance side of things. That's probably had as big of an effect on me as uh, going through the medical issues themselves, uh, just because they, in a lot of ways, resulted in just more frustration having to try to get in my insurance company to do what they're supposed to do and paying by getting surprise billing and dealing with prior authorizations with testosterone replacement and just the list of it goes on and on. And that has, once I started dealing with a lot of that, that's when I started making a lot more content around health insurance companies and all these issues, trying to both cope with it the way that I like to cope with things, which is through comedy, but also educating people, the public about some of these very complex things, trying to drill it down into something that's very accessible to people. So that's kind of been my goal. Yeah. It's an impossible system to navigate. Even if you know all the backgrounds, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. For my trick now for a pro. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. I was just going to say a lot of times from the patient end of it, it feels like it's just, it's it's so inhumane what they do sometimes. And it feels like needless extra work that you have to do when you're already dealing with these horrible medical situations. And it just really adds a hugely negative component that just is unnecessary. It doesn't need to be that way. I totally agree. It's very great. On the, from my end for the prior auths, I refuse to engage with that. And so now I just, I copy paste everything into chat GPT and I just say right back that I want this and it's worked every time. I don't do any work on it. I just use the AI and I'm like, all right, I'm done with this now. It's nice. funny you say that because uh-huh. there are, and that's, I think that's gaining steam, the idea, mm-hmm. because health insurance companies are already using, they're using automated systems, AI, I don't know if it's AI driven, but whatever it is, automated systems to deny claims. And oh, let's put it back in their face, fire, right? Fire yeah. with fire, Do then. the same <laughs> thing and, and we'll just have a paperwork off until right. somebody blinks. I don't know. Yeah. yeah Whoever yeah. develops extremely the best AI wins. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Or but, the AI will just become sentient and take over. That'll be- or, or, the, or the fax machines just overheat and Ooh. explode. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and when that happens, we're all doomed. What right. if fax machines become sentient? Right. Well, oh. let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. That, yeah. That would be a, a plot twist. Uh, 
Yeah, a lot of work on prior auth. So I think we are just going to, yeah, for, if we're just going to send a, GP, a chat GPT response, or we're just going to send the, one of Will's videos. Please do. But Will, as, as Ferv mentioned, I know that, you're, as he said, your medical journey has been pretty incredible. But alongside your journey, definitely Kristen has always been there. And Kristen, I just I can only imagine what this has all felt for you as well. And you've demonstrated your own superpowers. And we're just hoping that you can talk a little bit more about the work that you've done in advocacy with cardiac resuscitation. Yeah. So that started because I did 10 minutes of CPR on Will when he had his sudden cardiac arrest in his sleep. That was three years ago now, I think. And since then, going through that experience, of course, afterward, you are trying to process and it was extremely traumatic. Yeah. I feel like sometimes that word gets thrown around, but I mean it in the most literal sense. That was awful, life-changing nightmare to see and live through. Afterward, when you're trying to move forward, what do you do? You Google things. Look to see, has this happened to other people? What what just happened? How do I process all of this and understand all of this? And trying to figure out how you feel about it and how to move forward. And there's just, in Googling all of those things, I saw that there's not a lot out there for survivors and far less still for co-survivors, those of us who <laughs> it also happened to, even if it wasn't our body that had the the illness, it's certainly happened to me. So I really have been working hard on advocating just for that concept of a co-survivor and a co-patient since then to try to encourage medical professionals to understand that it does happen to us too and to make sure that you're thinking about those people in the care plan. And it, I hear a lot of people talk about caregivers as part of the care team. And I think that is great. And yes, that is true. There's also a subset who are very much a patient as well, just in a different capacity. And there's just really nothing in the healthcare system right now that acknowledges or helps those people. In addition to raising awareness for CPR so that more people will do CPR, I think it's really important to recognize that doing CPR as a layperson is very traumatic. And if we're going to ask more people to do it, then we need to make sure that we're putting in the infrastructure and the supports for those people once they have done it, because it is a life-changing thing. Yeah. Wow, that is, I really nailed nailed it there. Or it was like very eye opening to hear you talk about it. I feel like we talk about second victim phenomenon in the hospital when like mm -hmm. biders have to do care like that or mm -hmm. traumatized by the care they have to provide. And I don't even think everyone's yeah. ever talked about like third victim or family caregiver victim. It's a, it's interesting or our second patient phenomenon. I think is what they call it. But yeah, and that's I can only imagine what that feels like. Um, yeah, it's, and it's important for that. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's important for that reason as well. And I do I talk about that too, that especially since the pandemic, the things that you all have seen and had to do and been helping with or unable to help with and all of that, it takes a toll. I, being married to a physician, I saw, I've been with him since college, so I saw the toll med school took. I saw the toll residency took. I saw the toll his diagnoses took. I saw the toll hit his work can take sometimes and it's you all see a lot and to just stuff it into a little box and not deal with it is I studied emotion in grad school I can tell like that's not a thing that's an illusion that is going to help that won't help that will just make things worse I try to encourage healthcare professionals to think about that also you too take care of 
each other and take care of yourselves and make sure that everyone is processing. It's a traumatic job you have and traumatic things that are happening to people. So I think it's really important not to just stuff that down and ignore it. The, yeah. the toll is a little bit better now that I'm a private. Oh, yeah. Now it's better. Yeah. <laughs> right. There are ways to alleviate that. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I think you're totally right. My wife is a doctor as well, but she was in med school the few years behind me. And I we would joke about how the fact that sometimes med school is actually just the process of turning you into a machine. It's like, yeah, the output it kind stuff. of dehumanizes you yeah. a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately. Well, I think you guys really nail with a lot of this, that some of these topics are truly not funny at all, but then there's this like hint of humor on all of them. And that you find yourself mm-hmm. talking about medicine in the hospital with your colleagues or for me at home with my wife. And we're laughing about some of this, even though it can be so serious and somber times. So what is it? What do you guys think it is about the hospital and medicine and medical training that lends itself to that comedic lens? I get, Will, I guess we'll just start with you. Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's the how stressful it is. And we all know humor is a coping mechanism. And so having that, being in that environment, really, you need to deal with that stress in whatever way you feel comfortable. And for a lot of us, it's through humor because you're taking something that's very difficult. And you're at times when you, for instance, during a pandemic, when control of your life is taken away from you a bit and you're using humor to take back control. You're taking that situation. So like a pandemic and and rearranging it, adding humor to it. And now it's yours again. You're presenting that to others and you're sharing a laugh about it. It's been very powerful in doing that. And also we're just weird people. (laughs) We're like, we're not, we're not normal. I don't know. Like we may think we are, but especially to people like outside of medicine, like Kristen here, like she recognizes we're just all strange. Like we do this weird thing and we don't take care of ourselves and our, that our jobs themselves involve very strange situations like that we find ourselves in. And, uh, and so there's comedy everywhere. There's humor everywhere in medicine from the things that you do to the relationships that we have as physicians with each other, the animosity between nephrologists and cardiologists. It's like, it's just endless. Right. I think the dynamic be- between us really has helped illuminate that. If I can take a little bit of credit for your comedy, <laughs> that I have been along the way saying, this is like really messed up, right? Or this is not normal. Or in this industry, this is not how yeah. we do things. Right. And this is not the only way to live a life. And when you are in healthcare as a profession, it can be all consuming. And yeah. having that outside perspective, a little it angel helps. and devil on your shoulder saying, this is weird. Please remember, yeah. there's a life outside of this. Right. So right. I think that has gone into it also. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You've already mentioned this in a video once, but I was talking with friends the other day about just some plans and they suggested something. And I was like, well, yeah, that's not unreasonable. And which is something we say so much. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. is that a yes? Is that a no? And right. I was like, oh, no, that's Commitment. A- yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's yeah. just a norm, not a normal way to talk. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. That actually... That video, which was, I think, Internal Medicine Rounds, yeah, came like was uh, the inspiration was from like actual conversations that I've seen on social media and a real person in real yeah. life. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you caught it perfectly, though, Will. And 
I think extending on that too, just using comedic lens within medicine and some of the issues that we're dealing with. I know that you both launched a podcast in January called Knock Knock High. And I'm wondering, Will or Kristen, if you could tell listeners today a little bit more about the podcast and maybe the goal for doing it and who do you want to listen? Well, it was a a big leap of faith in a lot of ways because I just had to assume that people wanted to hear my voice for longer than two minutes at a time. (laughs) And the idea is that, and I wanted to do it with Kristen, We'd been talking for quite a while about doing a podcast and we just, the right opportunity came along to work with a wonderful production company called Human Content and their new company and putting together some podcasts and came, reached out and was like, Hey, let's do this. Let's actually make something. And it's a chance to get a little bit more into depth into a lot of different areas of medicine, a lot of issues in medicine through storytelling mainly. So we always ask each guest that comes on, which is usually a physician. We dabble a little bit in other areas of medicine as well. Or just medicine adjacent. Yeah. Medicine adjacent people. Like we had Lindsay Fitzharris, who's a Mm -hmm. a, a medical historian and an author. Yeah. And and so we have people have stories that they bring with them about really whatever they want to talk about that's related to medicine as a way of humanizing the medical field and showing that even doctors have real emotions and real things they go through and embarrassing things that happen to them and challenging and things that make them angry and sad and all these things that I think we've lost over the last few decades. And so it's just a chance to have a real conversation, have real laughs to show that how we don't always take ourselves so seriously. And so it just shows the human side to being a doctor. And then Kristen, uh, we love doing it together because Kristen, Kristen especially provides the humor (laughs) and the non-medical perspective, which is really valuable to have. Yeah. Um, I like to hold up that mirror. Like I've done for him all along of let's stop and think about that for a minute. You guys just take that for granted. Just like going to whiz right past it. But that was a weird thing you just said, or I'm sorry, what you do, what to who (laughs) from an outside perspective, medicine, medicine looks on a good day, funny and on a bad day, maybe like torture. I think we need that in the hospital, like real time. You could about to do something, and then there's just like an alert that goes off. This is <laughs> it's been a lot of fun so far. We're about yeah. five or six months into it, and yeah, I can't believe we're already that far into it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and it's just as far as the audience, where a lot of people in medicine obviously are finding it, and even some people outside of medicine too, because it yeah. gives you a little insight into this world. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't normally get. Right. There's a lot of people who are interested in medicine, either in coming into the profession or just, hey, I have some family members in it and this helps me understand them a little better or just medical TV has always been a thing because people are just interested in medical drama and medical stories and they can be really fun or they can be interesting. They can be shocking. They can be surprising and innovative. And it's just rife for storytelling the things that you guys see and do all day. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's such a great idea for a podcast and so true to life. Do you have any favorite episodes or stories so far that you've had? I know you guys have been into it for a while. Any ones that really stick out? I think the ones that I've really enjoyed the most is when people come in and tell stories from their residency training. There's, that's when all, that's the, all the good stuff that's when all the best yeah. stories. So we had Dr. Mike come on and he gave a couple of stories from his training days and 
it's there's just a time in our lives as physicians where we're learning so much so quickly and we're it's trial by fire in a lot of ways and so you're going to make mistakes and i love showing telling those types of stories because i would have wanted to hear them from practicing physicians back when I was coming up in medicine. And we love the- Yeah, it's the, a culture of like perfection. Stories. And so silence sometimes, right? You don't admit your mistakes. You don't tell those kinds of stories. So it's a safe place for people to come on and, and tell those things once they're in a part of their career where they're comfortable doing so. And then it makes it accessible to so many trainees out yeah. there or pre-med students to, to show that, yes, you can be a human and still be a doctor. That is one of our really big- just core beliefs through all of our Glock and Flecken work is to humanize the healthcare system. So. Lots of body fluids. Lots of body yeah. fluids. We had Rana Adish on. She's one of your own. And yeah. she always has yeah. just the best stories. <laughs> weirdest things happen to her. And yeah. it's always an incredible story. Well, you yeah. guys, you got the sputum, right? That's your yeah. thing. We have the sputum for sure. The sputum's yeah. thing, and then uh, and the in the ICU, I feel like it's unexpected bodily fluid. Yeah. You know, I'm just gonna get all the sputum, and then all of a sudden, you're like, wait, how am I covered in peritoneal fluid right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I still to this day, and this is not an invitation, but to this day, I don't know what that word means, and I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> no, nope, the other one. Oh. Oh, sputum? Yep. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. know. I don't. Yeah. I, right. don't doctors know react yeah, to that very it. badly, like very strong yeah. negative. So I don't want to know. Yeah, that's my thing. I don't like it. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's even, when I do CF clinic, there's obviously a lot of sputum, but down the hall is a pH clinic. And they're like, the, some of the faculty are like, oh, we don't want to go over to yeah, you. Right. I feel like eyes are the number one for people oh, that yeah. people are like, yeah, yeah it's there. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. That's definitely the requirement. Like one of the one of the questions to ask yourself if you're wanting to go into ophthalmology is, do you think eyeballs are gross? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the basic, and then you can go on the path. If you don't think eyeballs are gross, really, there's no other thing in medicine you should be. Right. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This sense. is my personal opinion as a biased ophthalmologist. Yeah. So. That's good career advice. Really. Yeah. <laughs> well, it seems like Makai is hopefully a hit, and definitely everyone should should subscribe now and listen and Furf and I will put it in our queue as well to make sure we hear both entertaining and interesting stories. But we're also just, what are the next steps for you both? You know that you've been invited, both of you have been invited to give plenary talks at some of the national societal conferences and doing commencement addresses. But I'm just wondering, are we going to see Glockenfleck in the movie anytime soon? Or what's next <laughs> for you guys? We got a whole, uh, we have dreams. We have hopes and yeah, dreams. Yeah, we have lots of ideas. Things that, things Are there that... any interns out there that want to do I some know, work for us yeah. for free? That's <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. They'll have to make it through us first. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll pay you. You'll pay, we'll pay you in props. Yeah. yeah. Free pizza. Uh, we are a growing business, actually, because yeah. Kristen does it full time now. And we yep. actually, we have an employee. Who we do pay. We do pay. Yeah. Not well. pizza. Yeah. Um, right. And we're looking into like different areas like education because a lot of my content has educational underpinnings, right? There's little nuggets of info there that are like truly, I think, helpful in certain for certain people in certain specialties. Mm -hmm. And so we're always talking about how can we make a more educational product or something that we can help people with. Also just the entertainment side of things. We've played around with animated series and uh, I don't yeah, know, writing a book. Now, I don't yeah. know. I've got 
some writing plans that I would like mm-hmm. to spend more time on and advocacy things. We do a lot of advocacy through our keynote speaking. We do mm-hmm. some multimedia immersive keynote speaking. We get really good feedback on that and we love doing that. And maybe that will lead to some other kinds of live events sometime. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Who knows? Because I have, I have a background in stand-up comedy. That's how I got started in comedy. So I've always loved being in front of an audience. And so we have talked about doing some kind of a live show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two-person show. Yeah, we're kicking around some ideas. (laughs) That's the great thing about this whole thing is that there's you could go so many directions with it. And so I don't know. I'm not a Kristen's much more of a a futuristic thinking person. I think that's one of your strengths and strength quest. Oh, yeah, it was my number one. I I just can't help but to be that way. I am very much not futuristic. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow? And so I that's how this Glockenflecken thing has been built is just like day at a time. I'll get an email. I'll go off in that direction, work, have a new project comes up. I just explore it, see what comes of it and just take it as it comes. Kristen's much more of a planner. I'm more like, let's do South by Southwest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Five are, years. And like, what are the 12 steps to get to that yep. point? And I'm like, this is overwhelming. I'm going to go take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. And so if you hit, if you get South by Southwest, like that's a big deal. So yeah. you're making yeah. it. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's a, that's a stretch goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's good to have good big dreams. Right? That's yeah. That's yeah. Well, this has been super fun chatting with you guys. It was a real pleasure to have you on the show and to hear about everything you're doing. I just want to make sure that everybody knows if our listeners want to engage more or if they want to book you guys for a talk or anything like that, how should they go about reaching you? Anything that they should check out? Yeah, you can always find us on our social media platforms. We're pretty much on everything. Yes, the best place to start, though, would be our website yes. at glockenflecken.com. And it's spelled just like it sounds, so it shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> so glockenflecken.com, you can find all our speaking info about speaking engagements. And then all of our social media stuff is on there as well to find. And then obviously, you can find the podcast on there as well. Yeah. And if you find yourself reading about a not so obscure ophthalmology finding, you're in the wrong Glock and Flicken. So, yes. just, right, uh, right, right, right. That's how you'll know. <laughs> right. Yeah. M- mine's with a C. The real thing is a K. That's yeah. so, anyway, that yeah. as if that's a little known cares. secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you all for listening. Check out our next episode, it should be coming out next week. And I hope you guys have a good one. <laughs>